and shine, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. And I'm your slowly wondering if we'll ever record on a day that isn't a Monday. <laughs> you need to stop telling them that. I'm having an existential crisis. Um, Jimmy. You know, it's nice. I, at this point, it's kind of just the routine. Yeah. No, we're like used to producing this. <laughs> We've like... settled into procrastinating. I just think uh, it's when we're the best. <laughs> I, I think we need the deadline to, like, throw it all out No, there. like, I seriously do, because I just cannot bring myself. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry <laughs> that I keep throwing you under the bus like this, bib. It's okay. Uh, how's your go-go juice? My go-go juice of choice, uh, Diet Pepsi. Oh. So, this is a little breaking yeah, the fourth so. wall for you guys. Every time for the past few episodes now. So, here's the thing. Here's the thing about me. I've been doing this for a while, like, doing, like, podcasting or YouTube or Instagram, so I kind of, like, just instinctively know how to turn it on, just like Ellie. Every time we start recording, she really turns on the squeaky toy. Um, but anyways, I, like, know how to turn it on, right? But with Jimmy, I feel like I have to be his dance mom sometimes, where we'll be, like, recording an intro, and I'll be like, Jimmy, you're not on enough. Like, you need to, like, crank it up. Give me some more jokes. You need to, you need to hit those jokes. I'm, I'm his dance mom, so nowadays, in order for me to convince him to do this with me, thank you so much, by the way, I appreciate you, um, I have to go to the convenience store and get him a soda, which I lovingly call his go-go juice, so I think, like, the sugar, the caffeine, that's what really gets us, gets us in the mood to so. record, so Jimmy's drink of choice, for anyone that's curious out there, Jimmy's go-go juice of choice is his uh, Diet Pepsi, not to be confused with Diet Coke, as we discussed last week, yeah. with the... I'm a little miffed, though. Why? Uh, well, you, you got a I can just... instead of a bottle. I know there's bottles there. We have the same convenience store. I just never seem to get the right bottle. At first, it's like, it's the wrong Pepsi. Then it's the wrong bottle. Um, if anyone's curious, mine, mine uh, soda of choice is a Diet Dr. Pepper. It's just so good. Did you see the other day? Um, there's this like kind of viral thing. It's like the original, I think, Coke recipe from a doctor or pharmacist or whatever. It's um, it has like cilantro in it. Did you see that? It's got like cocaine in it too. Well, also that, but no, but I I saw some other recipe for like a vintage <laughs> soda recipe, and it was You're like, like cilantro. cilantro. <laughs> I know. And like the craziest thing was in old time soda. Get this, cilantro. <laughs> Anyways, so um, I feel like I have like literally no brain cells working right now. Uh, what is today? Today's Monday. Friday night was a wild, crazy, fun, amazing time. Mm -hmm. um, we're like, this is like a little pregame to the spit talk segment, but Friday night was really fun. I had a 27th birthday party for me and like a ton of my classmates. Um, my friends, Sahar and Samira were so, so nice. Samira like kind of spearheaded planning this whole thing and like they tried to keep it a secret from me, but um, they didn't really because then Sahar accidentally sent me the flyer for the event, um, which I love though because the theme was Real Housewives and it was just so fun. It was like such a fun bonding experience because I haven't gotten to like really go out with like a lot of these like different classmates all at one time because of like the pandemic and stuff. So we got like name tags and then everyone that came in got like a name tag and they had to say like they, they got to write down they're the real housewife or real husband of like wherever they're from. So it was low key like a really good like icebreaker because yeah. like you just got to learn about where everyone was from. 
Um, yeah, and like I've always been someone where I didn't like my birthday actually because growing up, I think I had like one birthday party in my life maybe. I, I didn't have like huge birthdays. Well, both of us have summer birthdays. We have summer birthdays, and that's exactly why. It was because my friends would always be out of town on vacation with their families. People would be gone for 4th of July. So like I just got used to growing up and like resenting my birthday and not wanting to celebrate it because I thought that if I didn't celebrate it, then it would hurt less if no one showed up. <laughs> this is so sad. But so sad. this year, my 27th birthday, I have to say thank you so much to all my amazing friends that came out to hang out at this party because this has officially changed my mind. Um, I officially love my birthday now. Like, it's like, it was just like so much fun. I just, I don't know. I, just, I understand why people like birthdays so much now. I finally understand. Um, so I just really appreciate all my friends that came. Loving boyfriend. And my loving boyfriend that came and met so, so many classmates. <laughs> Who was supportive through it all. <laughs> yeah. There were some people where... Wait, I feel like I, a lot of people I, were excited to meet Jimmy. <laughs> I met a lot of excited listeners. Um, it was It nice. was great meeting you all. Um, quite a pleasure. But I did also meet a couple people that didn't even know who Connie was. I know. Wait, okay. What that's like this? I, th that's like kind of I the funny part. I don't know how, who these people that's are. That's how wild this party was getting kids. No, yeah, like, he was talking to someone. In a, a one-bedroom apartment, no less. Like I know. God bless the heart. She just really knows how to host a party. But <laughs> anyway, someone went up to Jimmy and was like, Jimmy's like, oh, who are you? They're like, oh, I'm so-and-so. They're like, who are you? And Jimmy's like, oh, I'm like Jimmy. I'm Connie's boyfriend. And they're like, who's Connie? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I kind of, like, malfunction. <laughs> I just think it's really funny. Um, I was like, but it's her birthday party. Yeah, but I'm just, like, really proud because, like, this was a good way to enjoy turning 27, and it was a good way to end my last ever birthday of being in school. Because I feel like once you leave school, it's never as, like, easy to just have, like, a birthday party or to just have multiple people celebrate with you. So, yeah, I would just like to say goodbye to this phase of my life of celebrating my birthday in school. It just makes me regret all the years I didn't celebrate my birthday. So, but you know what? You live and you learn. Hey, we celebrated your birthday back on your uh, 21st, too. That was a wild time. Yeah, but that was different because on my... Tw so, my 21st was technically the last time I had, like, a big birthday bash. Um, for my 21st birthday, we all went out to this, like, bar in Providence. And um, it was, like, fun. There were lots of people there. But I feel like the vibe is different if it's a bar. Because if it's a bar, like, people don't, like, really have to see you. Whereas, like, if someone comes to, like, a house party to, like, hang out with you, it's it's because they, like, meant to, you know? Yeah. Like, like a bar, you could you could kind of just, like, run away and, like, do whatever. But I don't know. I just, I, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was, really a, it was a nice party. Like, really appreciate that you have all these friends that love and care about you. And they made a flyer. I want to show you the flyer. I, I wish I could show you. It's, like, really funny. They Can made you it. somehow make the flyer, like, the picture of the podcast for the week? No, I, I can't change the cover. But you maybe I'll, like, post it, it on my Instagram. Yeah. But, right. yeah, I don't know. I just, I really appreciated it. They took, they designed the flyer to look just like Bravo's flyers for Real Housewives. Um, and it was just, like, really funny. But, anywho, so yeah. if oh, you're wait, wondering. I want to talk about the theme a little bit more. Because I really liked how, like, it was, like, a theme, but, like. It was a People vibe. Really like, yeah, it was such a vibe. Like, I <laughs> no, I mean, understand. it's a vibe as in it wasn't a real thing. No, exactly. Like, I didn't know what it, you meant by, like, it's a vibe until, like, I was there. It is a vibe. So, like, we, ju we just put stickers with, like, names. Name like, tags. But just, like, we just had name tags of, like, a guy was just the real house husband of Boston because, like, it was Connie's party. So, like, we were the Boston people. Yeah. Um, I'm like, technically, aren't we all Boston, you guys? <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I was um, like, we all live here right now. Like, 
I was yeah. like, you get to learn where everyone's from, but us. Yeah, except us. But, <laughs> like, I, I think there's something fundamentally really just fun about name tags that I really enjoy. Um, it's just, it like, a good theme party. Yeah, I just, I it, haven't had a theme party since, like, undergrad, it so. It helped me to, like, make conversation with, like, strangers. Yeah. Like, then, like, now when I'm sitting next to you and you're on these, like, Zoom meetings, I oh can my be God. like, oh, I talked to that guy. He seemed nice. Like, no, yeah, that, that was, that's really funny. Story? Is that, like, so today, I just finished popping off of a school Zoom call where, like, a couple of my classmates had to meet, and, like, Jimmy, just from, like, hearing their voice and seeing their faces on the Zoom screen was like, oh, I remember that kid from the party. <laughs> you can tell we don't get out much. Yeah, no, we uh, really don't. That's why we're talking for, like, five minutes straight about this like, one party. Like, like, yeah, Kana had fun. She was making I had so much fun. people. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like I'm... <laughs> here's the most fun about this party on Friday. You can tell she did anything. Here's, here's the most fun, is, like, as I've come to school today and I've talked to, like, so many different people that were there, I feel like I'm piecing together, like, different perspectives of the party. And that's been the most fun part, is I get to, like, relive all the different perspectives. Yeah. Wait, we got to talk about the weirdest dink we had, too. What's a dink? That the concierge <gasps> was our concierge. Wait, that was also a really, really funny little thing. Okay, last thing I'm going to say about this party. I know I've gone on and on and on. But, okay, so we have this amazing concierge. I'm trying to make an Shout effort. Out Chris. I'm trying to say make an effort to say everyone's names more in this episode because today my friend Samira said I don't say their names enough. <laughs> um, so, what was I going to say? So, Chris, the concierge, he's our concierge on our weekdays. And he's just the most bubbly, joyful, outgoing concierge ever. He's Every time I come in the apartment, it's, hey, welcome home, Connie. It's just, like, incredible. Um, at 7 a.m. in the morning, I don't know how he does it. But we knew that on weekend nights, he actually goes to a different apartment. He goes to the apartment that this party was being hosted at. It wasn't at my, my apartment. So then we actually like get there and then we see Chris. And I just think it was just like a really special thing running into him. It was I have special. no point to this. You know why it was special? Because it's once special. before, Connie had a similar circumstance. <laughs> ran into another one of our concierges, Seth, and got real excited to see Seth. And Seth was like... I was like, who are you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, okay. And she was crushed, and her friends laughed at Okay, her. let me they give you guys... They were all snickering. This is my... Yeah, they were all snickering. This is my concierge experience. Um, so, basically, I we had this one, like, regular concierge before, um, and, like, we saw him all the time, and, like, I knew that concierges worked at different... Uh, apartments, but I didn't like no no. So then I went to my friend's apartment, and then my concierge, his name was Seth. I'll I'll call him out on here. Seth was at my friend's apartment. I was like, Seth, what are you doing here? Like you're my guy. And he was literally like, Who are you? And I was like, Seth, it's like me, like Ellie's mom. I have a little dog. Or, no, I was like, you know, Seth, I like work. I live in this apartment that you work at. He's like, I work at a lot of apartments. I'm like, okay, um, so okay, I'm Ellie's mom. You know, the, the little black dog with the cute eyebrows. He's like, I see a lot of dogs. And at that point, my friends behind me were, like, snickering. And then I was like, no, like, never mind. It was so embarrassing. So anyways, long story short, Chris is, like, the 360. 180? 360? Chris is, like, the 180. 180. Because 360 is just a full <laughs> Chris is 
so Chris, you lost me here. If we're still talking about this, yeah. So, anyways, Chris is the 180 of Seth because oh, he yes, yes. always welcomes me, and so he saw me that night, and he was like, "Connie, we're like Chris, no way!" And I just think that this is a great story because I am like the apartment narc. Like, I always call <laughs> the concierge oh, whenever there's like a giant party. I'm just like the grandma that's trying to bust it down because like it's 3 a.m. Okay, people, it's 3 a.m. on like a Thursday night. There's no reason why we need to have a party this loud. So I get annoyed by all the like undergraduate people that live in my apartment. So I'm usually the one calling Chris angrily and I'm like, Chris, shut it down. The problem is everyone loves Chris so much that I'll literally hear the party across the hallway, open the door, see it's Chris. And instead of quieting down the party and be like, shh, concierge is here. All you hear is the music turn up and they're like, everyone, it's Chris. And everyone's like, Chris, 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 Chris. <laughs> and, and then, then you Chris hear probably the probably does a keg stand. Yeah, no, and then I, I'm pretty sure Chris goes into the party. You hear the door close <laughs> and then like they're still bumping and I'm like, ah. So long story short, I just felt good that for once I had some fun. Okay, it's time I and got some fun. <sighs> so anyways, uh, that was a very long intro. But we're in a silly mood, and as we said, it's Monday. Yeah, I feel like I can't really say first things first, because this is definitely not the first thing, but first things first, Hot Girl Huddle. Hit it, Connie. Oh my god, hit it, editing Connie. I literally have no brain cells left. Hit it! Alrighty, you guys, Tarot. first things first. What? Tarot cards? Yeah. <laughs> Carrot cards! First things first, we have our healthcare horoscopes with our tarot cards. Let me give them a shuffle. I think this week I want to pick them. Okay, ready? Am I? Can I click it? Or can yeah. I choose it? Alrighty, you guys. The healthcare horoscope card of the week is. Spider hands. What was that little giggle you just? <laughs> I don't know. You're just kind of cute the way you're trying to pick this card right now. Okay. Don't she was I trying to this... pick it without looking. But, like, she was not doing a very good job. Wait, I think this is reverse. Okay, it was upside down, and it's the... Oh, my God, this is such a stupid question. What is the Roman V? Is that a... Is that... That's a five, five. Right? Okay, so this is IV. So this is four, right? Yes. Okay. Um, reversed. Four of swords, keywords reversed. Exhaustion, burnout, deep contemplation, and stagnation. Alrighty, so... The Four Ooh, of Swords. like me at work. I know, this like kind of feels like me. The Four of Swords reversed sends a powerful message that you need to take time out to rest and recharge your energy. Um, our sodas would beg to differ. <laughs> I think we're great. No, our sodas are keeping our spirits up. I know, we're literally hanging by a thread from our soda. <laughs> our sodas, so maybe we should. <laughs> I just call the sodas. <laughs> you may be working long hours, giving your time and energy to others in need, or involved in a highly stressful and demanding undertaking. You are close to exhaustion and your energy reserves are running low or on empty. If you do not stop and take some much needed rest now, you may crash and burn out completely, rendering yourself completely ineffective and unable to help anyone. The reversed four swords is calling you to withdraw from your external world and retreat within. Social media detox, a weekend escape, or a silent retreat so that you can focus your energy. <laughs> I just imagined us doing a silent retreat. I just don't think we could do it like the uh. two of us. Um, it's an oxymoron for podcast hosts. I know, I know. Silent retreats. Um, oh, wait, interesting. I like this interpretation. So Biddy Tara I like because it gives me like multiple interpretations too. So under it, it says, the Four of Swords reverse can also show that you are restless and wanting to do everything at once. Because that's like, if you know me, this is how I feel. Even if your body is telling you that you need to rest and relax, your mind may push you forward. Trying to carry out a long list of tasks and making you feel sick and stressed as a result. 
So it's just vital that you force yourself to take it easy. I like what this is saying. I, I like when something else tells me to take it easy. Because it's hard for me to tell myself to take it easy. You know what's funny is I feel like I'm willing to let anyone tell me to take it easy. <laughs> I'm like, don't have to tell me. Please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't take it easier. Alrighty. So that's good to know that we need to recharge. Yeah. That's why we're going to go on a trip to New York next month. I know. We have we have a lot of fun plans. So not this week, but next week, you guys, I will be in Orlando, Florida. I have a Coco Floss conference that I'm attending. Well, it's not. I'm helping Coco Floss at a dental conference. Uh, it's in sunny Orlando. I'm excited. Uh, you know why I'm excited? It's because the resort that I'm staying at has a super big, like, slide, and it goes into the pool, and it's, like, really fun and winding. I, I told you, you, you have to come. Tell me about the slide. Oh, so now you want to come. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to convince Jimmy to come to Orlando with me, because it's just a very sad place to just be on a work trip by yourself. Like, I really want him to come and surprise me. Um, and, yeah, I think every weekend I'm like, are you sure you don't want to come surprise and propose to me when I'm in Orlando? <laughs> Yeah, she really just wants to be the proposer in Orlando. Because I just but want also, you to come like, to Orlando with me. Also, I honestly just genuinely asked her the other day. I was like, hey, uh, like, do you need a ride from the airport Like, when you get back? And she's like, why? So you can propose to me at the airport? <laughs> no, but you it's because you were thinking about it. No, I wasn't. He has this like one voice when he's trying to cover up something. He's like... Like, see, he, you see how he's talking right now? When he was asking me, he's like, hey, so um, how do you feel about if, um, you know, like, I, like, pick you up at the airport, you know? And I'm like, this is a ploy, and I can tell. <laughs> and that's why Jimmy asked me what do I want from a proposal. I don't think I have, like, that, that many demands. I would just really like to be very surprised because I feel like I'm really good at telling when anything is the slightest bit off with Jimmy. I'm just twitchy. <laughs> it's, it's, what, it's one of the things I like most about you is, like, how honest you are <laughs> um so anyways that was the weekly healthcare horoscope everyone out there get yourself some rest now on to i asked you answered oh we didn't think of a new name for this yet did we um uh, start wait, thinking on, of a new name think live of a new name okay um what's the word for when you like consults wait no what's the word for when you ask someone else for their opinion because, like, that's kind of what I'm doing, and it's, like, healthcare-themed. It's a consult. Curbside consult? Perhaps. But I, don't, I want something teeth with more teeth to it. No, because this isn't just a podcast for dental people. I know it's not just a podcast for dental people, but, like, you guys are getting, these are your origins. <laughs> you guys are getting so much behind-the-scenes content today. All right, hit it, editing, Connie. All righty, you guys. So this week for I Asked You Answered, I asked you guys... What is an iconic nostalgic scent? And I asked you guys this because I was recently listening to a podcast and they were talking about how like important scent is to your memories and to your feelings and blah, blah, blah. And like, I just feel like it really resonated with me because I was like, I mean, I'm a very nostalgic person in general, but like smell is just so potent and it's just, it's just such a big experience. Um, so I asked you guys what your, what like an iconic nostalgic scent is. Jimmy, what would, what would your answer be? Well... I was thinking of the smell of gasoline. Why? Uh, I just like the smell. Oh, okay. Um, but then I smelled Ellie's fish breath. And... <laughs> Ellie's fish breath is yours. <laughs> no, and now like that's just all that's in my head. Um, <laughs> you don't like the smell of like gasoline, like no. kind of like. Ooh. You know what smell I really like? 
I really like the smell of basements. Like the smell of like, not a musty basement, but kind of like a musty basement. Like I like the smell of like a basement where suddenly like, suddenly, okay, imagine this, close your eyes. They open the basement door, you walk down the basement, the the temperature changes, it drops like 10 degrees, right? Like basements are chilly. Then you smell, it's almost like a concrete smell, like concrete mixed with rug. I just really like like a- Maybe like a little mildew? No mildew. I like like a partially finished basement smell. I don't want it to be completely finished where it lost the basement smell, but I don't want it to be completely just like cinder blocks. Like I want it to be like partially finished basement. Okay. Um, anyways, so what you guys, oh my God. Okay. These are all so good. Oh my God. I'm like reading all of these. Okay. Straight off the bat one, the strawberry shampoo in those fish shampoo bottles back in the day. I instantly know what you're talking about. It's the L'Oreal No Tears um, shampoo. And like to this day, I'm not sure what the right answer to this debate is jimmy do you remember the fish shampoo yeah. bottles okay on the bottle it says no tears t-e-a-r-s yeah. do you think did you think it meant no tears like crying when it gets in your eyes or did you think no tears as in tears in your hair no tears in my eyes okay i'm not sure what the real answer is i think it's that let me let me look it up um l'oreal no tears shampoo I, oh my god wait this is such a it, thing l'oreal no tear shampoo but meaning for, but you can tell because of like the eye and everything come on oh okay yeah so l'oreal no more tears means the product won't sting if it gets in a baby's eyes that's Which, what it means guess what not true no yeah i've definitely it's definitely gotten it my eye and it definitely hurt there's a reason they don't sell it anymore yeah but i'm really just happy Do they sell it? i don't think they sell it anymore or we, we could get it and try it out as adults. Um, I'm just glad that we got to the bottom of this because I also, I too thought it was tears isn't crying, but I wasn't sure. Um, okay, someone else said, oh wait, this makes me laugh. Our friend Matt says, <laughs> his answer is Florida garages. <laughs> That's like so distinct. Have you, I don't even know what a Florida garage smells like. Yeah. I don't know why he knows either. I don't know, but this makes me laugh. I hope he listens to this. I'm just going to tell him that we mentioned it. Also, he said, wait, look at this. He said Florida garages, and then he said Florida humidity. <laughs> like, what is that smell? Florida. <laughs> yeah. I just really enjoy how... He's enjoying being a Floridian. I, I love... Like not being a Floridian. Do you have those friends that use social media like parents? I, there's something <laughs> about Matt. Matt, I love you so much. He just uses social media like a parent. <laughs> He, like, he answers everything so intentionally. He's like, Florida humidity. Florida garages. It's so funny. Um, okay, someone else Poor said... Man. Someone else said... Why are you wait, I, I love this. Multiple people actually said this, and I agree. The smell of early morning bus rides or early morning field trips. Yeah. Yeah, right. There's like a certain type of air and fresh cut grass. But oh, like... Yeah, that that's that so true. That smell of kind of like morning dew when you're like about and like morning dew when you're like about to do something. A little bit of burnt rubber, like when you're about to hit on. When you're about bus, to hit the like, road and get to a yeah. to a museum, and, you know you're gonna fuck it up in a girl in a gift shop. You just see the teacher fanning out the yeah. DVD options. You got DVDs? I don't think I got any. We got to like use like fancy buses. You know why? We were like a rich school district. Okay, we were not a. I was not a rich school district, but you know what? I was excited for for uh like field trip bus rides my one priority was sitting kind of close to my crush not with my crush just kind of close to my crush so they could like see me look all cute and giggle but so i wouldn't have the pressure of interacting with them like i wanted to be close to them but not too close i was just on a mission to like flirt with my crush (laughs) make some moves make some progress that day 
Just just wanted to get things going, you know? It was like an agenda for me. I really wish that... If we went to school together? I... No, like, yeah, like, if, like, the College of Pharmacy... If we went on more field trips. Field trips for like and then like, you know, before we got together, like that's that was our story. Not like, oh, we just like met at a party. Let me tell you, the College of Pharmacy, the school that we went to in pharmacy school, literally it was like a magical world. It was like Hogwarts. Like I d I can't describe it besides the fact that it was just its own world and it was amazing and I miss it. Um someone else said Wait, okay, I was shocked. This I don't remember, but I'm curious if you remember, Jimmy. Someone said Chocolate Axe. Um, There's Chocolate Axe there, spray? There is, but, like, I never bought that. Because I didn't think it was going to, like, have the You saw effect. that? <laughs> you, like, knew your limits. <laughs> I just didn't think, like... You're like, this, this isn't going to do it. <laughs> no, like, like, I know girls like chocolate, but, like, this did not smell that chocolate. Like, no, I feel like... An act body spray is just, like, I don't know, something, like, if you're under the age of 16, it's okay. You know what I was just going to say? There was a phase in school where if you wore Axe, you were kind of, like, a cool boy. Like, if you wore Axe, you were a kind of cool boy, and you you chewed five gum. Does that resonate with you at all? Totally. You, you chewed the blue, like, blue raspberry, gray, whatever, five gum. But then there comes an age where, like, suddenly, if you wear Axe, then you're just, like, a creepy, weird kind of douchebag, and, like, you're not actually, like, the cool kid anymore. Yeah, yeah. and then, like, you can you can have Old Spice up until, I think, like, age 30, probably. It's totally cool. What do you use right now? Are you using my deodorant? <laughs> no, I'm using Dove for men. Okay. Mandarin and turmeric spice. Ooh, wait, Jimmy, do you remember this smell? It's Bath & Body Works Cucumber Melon. Nah. Or Bath and Body Works Sweet Pea. That was a good one as well. Sweet Pea. Wait, do you want to know one of my favorite Victoria's Secret smells when I was a kid? Imagine, like, 10, 12-year-old me in the locker room being like, Hey, like, Rebecca, that smells really good. What, What's that spray? And she's like, Oh, let me see, Connie. And she turns to me and she's like, It's called Pure Seduction. <laughs> and we're, like, 12 years old. But that's, like, my favorite perfume from when I was, like, 12. <laughs> Um, Do you want me to buy you a bottle of pure seduction? Can we actually go and smell it? Because I would like to smell it again if it still exists. Yeah, but I get uncomfy when we go to Victoria's Secret. Okay. Oh, shoot. Can you grab my charger? My laptop charger is about to die. Can you go to my backpack? No. Go, 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 go. Your messy backpacks and the messy backpacks I used to have. Um, our kids are going to have very messy <laughs> No, what if they learn from us because they're tired of having messy backpacks? They're like, ugh, my parents always pack a messy backpack. There's no order up in this place. And then they become, like, super organized. I hope so. Your hope is that your children become better than you, right? Okay. We're back. We're live. We're back. Um, okay, wait. So, also, I totally agree with this person. They said chlorine and sunscreen. I really wish that sunscreen was, like, that someone made, like, a good-smelling sunscreen perfume, almost. Well, Um, good thing for you is you have a very Irish boyfriend... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I'm always just smelling I, sunscreen. I, you know, I could do with, you know, lathering up every day, so it'll always be nearby. You're right. I don't know why I even bothered asking you what scent you wear, because I know what it is. And it's oh. Neutrogena SPF, like, 80. <laughs> That's no, Jimmy's iconic I scent. I wear Gucci Guilty Cologne. But you really wear Neutrogena SPF. That's your more consistent yeah. scent. 
Um, someone else, I really like this answer. They said, it's not really my favorite, but it's nostalgic. It's the pink soap in elementary school bathrooms. I'm pretty sure we have, like, a similar soap somewhere in our dental school, but I totally agree. Like, the scent of mass-produced soap. Do you agree? Um, also, so, yeah. the, also the scent of Abercrombie. Allie. I feel like it's kind of iconic. What are you chewing? Someone said the scent of crayons. Totally agree. Oh, someone said grandma's Thanksgiving dinner cooking or just like Thanksgiving dinner in general. I love the smell of Thanksgiving. I like love, oh, I love waking up. This is such a core memory for me. Waking up, it's Thanksgiving morning. I usually had like track practice or something, which is kind of sad. Um, I had some kind of like sports practice, either like track practice or field hockey practice, something. Um, and then I would like come home and like watch some YouTube videos while my parents are cooking downstairs and then the guests would come. I just, I love everything about Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. What about you? Um, well, that's spoken like a true never cleaned up on Thanksgiving kind of gal. Me? Yeah. Why? Because Thanksgiving, the dishes, they pile up on you, man. I know. This is true. I always had to do those for chores. Oh, like after you yeah. had to do the dishes? Yeah, yeah. And we had to use the fine china, so everything had to be hand-washed. Oh my god, the fine china. That's so nice. Yeah. I don't think we... We, we did have, like, some nicer things. Yeah. But it would be a little strange if you guys were calling yours the china. I know. That's the thing. Is Chinese <laughs> people don't call it the china. Um, They're like... The plates, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? We don't have China, yeah. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so that's all that we have this week for I asked you answered. Now on to spit talk. Okay, Jimmy. This week for spit talk, I have one agenda and one agenda only for you. Um. One. Would you be interested in a date to the Boston Commons Park? Because. What I would like to do with my life right now is I really want to try in the middle of the Boston Commons Park. There's this little stand that I walk by every single day. I was telling my friend Gigi, it's kind of like in Beauty and the Beast, you know, when Belle does her everyday thing where she like has her books and then she's like walking by like the the, the scene with the baker and then she's like, there goes the baker with his bread like always. Okay, so that's like me and then the woman with the arepas cart. Like I really want to try the arepas in the Boston. Am I saying it correctly? Arepas. It's like a sweet corn kind of cake with cheese in the middle. And she has the most delicious, like iconic looking lemonade. And I mean, you know me, I have to support entrepreneurs, small businesses. Jimmy, can we just like, please go to the park this weekend and then get the arepas? Sure. Yay. Okay. That was my one agenda for today. Okay. Also, no, that was it actually. That's your only agenda. Well, because we talked so long um, already about the party, I kind of have yeah, nothing that, else to share on Spit Talk. Spit Talk, but wait, what else happened? Like us to do? Oh, this weekend, Jimmy and I saw Thor. We saw the new Thor movie. Oh yeah, in the movie theater. You're, you're like we saw. Oh, it was just fun. I think that's yeah. my favorite thing about um, hanging out with Jimmy is I feel like our dates still feel like dates, and that's like kind of nice. Yeah, we uh, we made out of the movie. <laughs> you're not supposed to say that on the thing. We could we could call it a day. My birthday is coming up in a month. right? Yeah, Jimmy, what would you like to do for your birthday? I don't know, like. But maybe, uh, well, my parents are visiting, so. Oh, that's we'll right. That's that. that's going to be so much fun. Can yeah, we? <gasps> we'll have a nice time. Go out to eat and stuff. I really want them to try Othello cake while they're here. Yeah, we're going to get an Othello cake. Yeah, we should get an I mean, but then that's not really what you want. Oh, I know what I'm doing for Jimmy's birthday, but it's a surprise. 
You guys are all gonna have to see what the surprise is, but I know what I'm doing for Jimmy's birthday. So anyways, we're really digging the bottom of the barrel for this week's Spick Talk now that we've discussed the party. So I think it's time that we get on to the main episode. Wait. What? I don't know, maybe we could, we could scrounge up some more. No, I think we're good. I think okay. you're done. Anyways, thank you so much for your time, Jimmy. Okay. Thank you so much for your time, Jimmy. You did great today. That's a wrap. That's a wrap on Jimmy, everyone. Applause. Okay, now time for the main episode. So like I discussed in Spit Talk, um, my birthday party was like Real Housewives themes, themed. And I just want to say I have like no brain cells left today. I'm really tired from the weekend and I'm still tired from like school today. So therefore, since I can't think of anything like super like deep and like crazy, um, but I still wanted to keep it kind of deep. Today, we will be discussing 10 things that Real Housewives has taught me about communication with patients, friends, partners, and more. I know that you guys are going to scoff at this, but trust me, I feel like Real Housewives is kind of like a study on human behavior, because <laughs> you just see the whole spectrum of behavior within the show, and then when you look at the fans, the fan comments, the fan opinions, that's also a whole nother study on like human behavior. Because, like, you could be hellbent on, like, thinking, like, oh, this person's the villain. They're so bad, blah, blah, blah. And then you look in the comments, and these people still have fans. Like, everyone has fans, which just goes to show, like, everyone has a different perspective that is, like, valid to some degree. Like, I really don't think that you can ever say someone's perspective isn't valid because, like, people agree for a reason. Like, it's, it's kind of like the quote that I said before um, on a previous episode. No one thinks something for nothing. So, anyways... Without further ado, let's get on to the main episode. Alrighty, you guys, this week for the main episode, like I said in the introduction, we are discussing the 10 things that Real Housewives has taught me about communication. Because I was, you know, here at my party on Friday, I was, I was reflecting on how much I love the Real Housewives. <laughs> And I just feel like, okay, even if you don't watch the show, you're going to enjoy this episode because there's just so much you can take away from watching Real Housewives. It's not the kind of thing where you need to know the characters that much. Like, you can just pick up any episode and you're like, oh, that's that person. So, like, I don't know. Anyways, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of the Housewives. This week, I just wanted to discuss, like, the basic overarching concepts. And I just thought these were really interesting because you can actually apply a lot of these things that I've learned from the show to, like I said, communicating with patients, friends, partners, life situations. So without further ado, let's get into it. Number one. Okay. One thing I've realized from watching Real Housewives and like screaming at the at the TV screen when I feel like characters aren't understanding this, I think a lot of conflict in life comes from when you want someone else to understand where you're coming from. Like I totally understand this feeling. I understand you want your opinion, you want your side to be validated, but the problem is that as much as validation means to you and like as much as validation would help you sleep at night, it kind of like isn't really that owed to you. It's not really like that significant to anyone else. And the problem is you can't reason with everyone, okay? You can't make someone else see your side just because you want them to. Some people are just beyond reasoning with, okay? Maybe you yourself are someone that cannot be reasoned with sometimes. It's okay. Just people hear what they want to hear, okay? So a big part of you enjoying your life, which is big picture what's more important, um, like doing your thing, being able to sleep at night, this means providing your own closure. And yeah, sometimes you have to find how to make your own closure, even if at the end of the day, that other person doesn't understand where you're coming from, doesn't validate you, doesn't X, Y, and Z. 
And a big part of that means that you have to learn how to manage your own expectations, which is kind of like a sad fact of adulthood that I've learned is that like your <laughs> great expectations, the book that we had to read in high school. No, um, expectations are actually like everything when it comes to any of your relationships, communications, dealing with patients, expectations are everything. Yes. So for the friend example, yes, you being let down, you being hurt, you being frustrated or surprised on paper can seem as a result of someone else's actions. And it is partially so, of course. But at the end of the day, those feelings, those negative feelings of like frustration and hurt and being let down, those only happen because you didn't manage your expectations in a certain way. Because if you had managed your expectations and known that, you know, not to expect something. Oh, my mom is calling me. One second, everyone. Let me answer for Mother Dearest. Okay, so I literally just talked to her for like a good 30-40 minutes, so I have like slightly no concept of where we left off. I'm pretty sure I was saying something about managing your expectations of what you can expect from people. Um, and yeah, like the great classic great expectations. Who wrote that? Jimmy! Who wrote great expectations? Was it Charles Dickens? Okay, like Charles Dickens said, um, just manage your great expectations. Anyways, moving on, number two, something that I learned from Real Housewives. How you do something is just as important as what you do. It's actually, like, essential. Like, how you do something is what you do, essentially. Because it's kind of like the quote, people don't remember what you say or what you do, but they do remember how you made them feel. And I think it's just a really important way to live your life. I think a lot more adults could be more considerate. Um... And yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really important to think about how you're coming across rather than like thinking, oh, like they're lucky I did this thing. Because yeah, like doing things and intentions are important, but what we take away from experiences and what sticks with us is really how we feel. So yeah, feelings matter, okay? I'm such a cancer right now, but I just wish more people understood that feelings are kind of all that's like real in this life. <laughs> Anyways, number three. You can't always expect a good apology from someone that's hurt you because people are only capable of what they're capable of. This is something I've had to learn the hard way with people in my life. It's just if certain people were emotionally intelligent enough to give you what you wanted, you probably wouldn't be in this place to begin with where you're expecting a good apology, right? And this is one of those times, similarly to what I mentioned in the beginning, where you just really have to manage your expectations with how you expect someone to treat you, whether it's friends, um, family, relationships, even like patients. Like I feel like sometimes you just want to shake a patient and you want them to to react a certain way, but you just have to set your set your expectations right so that way you're not setting yourself up for disappointment, essentially. But yeah, I feel like in life, like when you're a kid, you're taught like, oh, like you you some someone does something bad, they apologize, you make up, things get better. But in reality, like things are a little messy. From watching Real Housewives, I've seen like every someone always apologizes every episode and like it's never really that great of an apology i feel like like watching real housewives has really taught me about apologies like what's a good apology and what's a bad apology and yeah one thing i've learned is like you're not always gonna get a good apology and it's kind of sad but you have to just realize that like some people just aren't capable of a good apology because, like I said, if they were emotionally with it enough to give you a good apology, they might not have, like, hurted you to begin with. Hurted. That sounds weird. Hurted? Is hurted a word? Hurted is, I think. Anyways, moving on, number four. Just like I said, you can't make someone understand your side of things. 
you can't make someone care about themselves or their health. This is like really important and something I've learned with treating my own patients in clinic. Because honestly, if they cared enough about like whatever field you work in, like if my patients cared enough about their teeth the way that I wanted them to care about their teeth, they probably would have become a dentist, a dentist themselves, you know? So like I can't really put that pressure on them. I can't really expect that from them. I think it's frustrating because when you're a professional, you know so much on your field and you're like, if only they really cared and if only they, maybe if they just knew this one little detail, they would change their lives and like, it'll be better or whatever. But it's just too frustrating of a battle to have to like fight that way. There's really no winner. And that's why I think like you can't place too much of your expectations, of your uh, criteria for what's successful and not successful on other people's reactions. Because at the end of the day, I feel like the summary of this whole thing is other people can't give you what you always want them to give. And that's okay because you know what? You're probably not giving someone what they wanted you to give too. And that's just kind of like the circle of life. It's kind of sad, but that's just kind of how it is. And that's what Real Housewives has taught me. Number five. People just want to be heard. This is coming from a girl that's literally talking through a microphone to all of you guys out there. Making people feel heard and knowing how to help people feel validated is so important to what we do in healthcare. I feel like before I even touch the patient, I can just tell what big of a difference it makes when I'm doing my exams, when I'm first getting to know my like new patient. Like I haven't even seen their mouth yet, but I can tell that, you know, with healthcare and things like that there's a lot of like anxiety and fear and like walls that are built up so just knowing how to help people feel validated and heard it's like a game changer and I think it really starts like the second a patient walks in there's like so many little like micro interactions and unspoken what's it called um non-verbal cues which also leads me to my two points of some important ways that I think really help patients feel heard this isn't what I learned on Real Housewives but I feel like it kind of is in a little way um one I know in school you learn you have to ask open-ended questions, and it's because that way you get the most information, but I feel like asking open-ended questions also really helps big picture. It helps the patient feel heard because it kind of gives them the platform. Like, you're like, okay, speak. Tell me, like, what. let this conversation go wherever you wanted. These big picture questions that you can ask from open-ended questions, so this would be like, how do you feel about this treatment option? What are your expectations for the treatment you were going to do? Like, what has been your experience in this situation in the past? It just really opens up the conversation and it makes them feel considered rather than just jumping like straight to the point and asking less open-ended questions. Number two, also to helping your patients feel heard. I think you don't have to always agree with what they're saying because like you won't. <laughs> um, there's a lot of times when patients try to say something that's like disparaging against another professional or someone else and like I really can't agree with them because I mean A that's neither here nor there for me to input on but also B because it's pretty unprofessional for myself to do but I think a good way to work around this and, and because it's gonna happen it happens like all the time a good way to work around this when they're trying to disparage someone else or say something that you don't feel comfortable commenting on yourself is you can paraphrase it and say like, okay, like resummarize it basically. Like say like, okay, you feel this way because your experience was that this happened. You're like just stating the facts and like rephrasing what they said because by saying that you feel this way, it's taking, but by saying you, the patient, you feel this way, it's taking you, the provider, and the person they're criticizing out of the equation. So it's just about the patient and how they feel. And that is valid. You can't really argue with how they're feeling because how they feel will always be valid to them, right? So that's helpful. And then also by saying your experience was like XYZ, 
this is also valid because you can't really argue with anyone's experience either. Like, everyone's own experience is valid, like I said. So this basically reflects back to the patient, not necessarily that you're, like, right by them with the pitchforks, like, ready to fight their battle and fight on their side and blame someone else because you really don't want to validate that part. But it does show them that at least you're hearing what they're saying. Like, it's registering that, like... It's just, they just want that to register, which sounds super simple, but I think a lot of times it's really all that anyone wants is just to feel heard. Anywho, number six, tone and delivery are everything. It's literally all I wrote. Like I said earlier, it's not really about what you do, it's how you do it, and how you do it is all tone and delivery. Number seven, know what people want from you. I see this all the time in like real life, but then also in Real Housewives. I think this just comes from basically being able to read the room some people just don't know how to read a room and reading a room is like one of the most important things that i think you can do as like a healthcare provider as a friend as a partner sometimes people come to you because they want like comfort or something other times people come to you because they want advice it's just really important in no matter what situation you're in to be able to read what that person is expecting from you and what how you can like offer that in the best way possible because sometimes like depending from moment to moment not everyone needs um like comfort or not everyone needs advice it, you really have to learn how to tailor what you can deliver to other people number eight acting out of emotion never really gets you what you think it will <laughs> real housewives has definitely taught me this i think just making sure so in the situation with patients or like when you're working with people on a team in particular like friendships you get a little bit more leeway with this in terms of acting out of emotion because like it's more candid but just what i've witnessed on real housewives is just that since emotions are so transitory is, is that a word transitory emotions are so transient right they're they come and go they ebb and flow sometimes you look back on like an emotional state and you're like oh that was silly um, and they're so personal too. Like no one can really feel the pain that you feel. No one can really feel the anger that you feel. Cause like, it's so situational. So because of that, I think when you make super emotionally charged statements, they're just so easy to misconstrue or twist against you. Because like I said, like we all have times where we look back when we were emotional and we're like, ah, oh, yeah, that was kind of stupid to feel that way. Or like, oh yeah, I, I didn't have to feel that way. So like take the emotion try to make like less emotionally charged statements because at the end of the day facts are just facts like you can't really twist them against you and i think that when you're working in healthcare as a provider it's really important to just keep things clean keep things and by clean i just mean very clear and like not able to be misconstrued a, a huge part of this is just because i'm really afraid of being sued um but i think it's just also really important to like it helps you draw boundaries with your patients with your team boundaries are just really important Number nine, trust is a very fragile thing. So I feel like people, different people build trust at different levels. Some people are very trusting. Other people take a while. Sometimes trust like ebbs and flows. But I think regardless, once you have that trust, if you break it across the board, it's usually a lot harder to get it back than it was to build it. And what I learned from watching Real Housewives is that building back trust looks different to everyone in every situation because what broke the trust is different to begin with. So some housewives on the show try to become friends super quick, like, after they were hurt. Um, like They just try to, like, pretend like nothing happened and, like, they didn't hurt someone else. And the problem is that they can't expect it to go back to normal and, like, nothing happened. So basically, if you're in the position where you're trying to build back someone's trust, you have to set your expectations that it might take longer than you thought or it might look differently than what you imagined. But that's not to say that trust can't be, you know, built back. It's just that sometimes, like, what you imagine 
in terms of building trust and how a relationship will ebb and flow. Sometimes it just doesn't happen the way you imagine. And alternatively, if you're in the position where someone is trying to build your trust back, your trust back, I would just say take it at whatever pace feels right for you and the situation because there's like no one can really tell you how fast or slow like you should be accepting and like build the trust. But either way, I just think trust is like one of those powerful things in the world between people and it's super important when you're working with patients. Which leads me to 10, last but not least, I think listening is also one of the most powerful tools there are. This reasoning is twofold. So one, I think that listening is just like a lost art in this day and age where everyone feels this pressure to share their opinion because it's just so easy to share what you want and what you say. And like like I said, like whatever you have to say is valid. But we've all just kind of forgotten how to actually listen without planning a response, if that makes any sense. Um, it's like we always... And, like, that's the problem is not everyone truly knows how to really listen and take everything in and then think and synthesize thoughts. And I think listening without judgment or listening without anticipation is just a really good trait to have, especially as a provider for your for your patients. Because it builds trust. It helps you understand them. And in general, it just helps you better understand how to approach situations and help someone else, especially as a friend, too. This is super important. Also, from a friend and, like, relationships perspective with listening, um, listening and saying less is actually really powerful because, one, if someone is speaking the truth, listening will obviously help you hear it. But also, I think more importantly, if someone is just speaking, like, lies or false things or, like, anything of the sort, just something that you don't really, like, agree with or, like, someone's in the wrong, I don't know, you letting them speak and make themselves look bad is actually just as helpful because it's kind of like you letting them show their true colors when you listen instead of putting words in their mouth so yeah i just think from like all fronts listening is a very important trait and something that i think a lot of real housewives <laughs> episodes do not have sometimes which is very frustrating anyways long story short that was 10 communication nuances skills tips that i think you can apply to patients friends partners everything of that sort and that's what real housewives has really taught me <laughs> Anywho, I am very tired, and now I need to go up edit this episode. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Please, please, please leave a review if you liked what you heard. We are having a dry spell with our reviews, like I said, so please leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. It really means the world to me. Um, I love you guys all so much, and I hope you guys have an amazing week. Bye!